0: back to the case overview series scott fuller and heather wright back with you happy friday welcome into the end of summer and heather how are you tired it's been a week i'm not going to complain
1: though yes i'm
0: going to use this fun thing i get to do every week as a chance to look on the bright side
1: that's a good perspective after you just complain during the whole i feel like Patreon. we complain a lot no, i'm just kidding
0: <laughs> you and i do a lot of complaining like ever the top no. of every episode oh i had a bad week We just do. Just
1: be positive.
0: And now, murder. You know, it's not a very uplifting podcast. But I feel like it is from the mission statement. It's just you have the two old guys from the Muppets up in the balcony. We're your hosts.
1: Oh, God.
0: Is that before your time?
1: no but well i i mean i didn't watch it i know what it is i didn't watch it though
0: so in the muppets We're like really old occasionally <laughs> they cut to these two old guys who just have negative comments for everything yeah <laughs> I'm in the balcony. all right i am old.
1: Uh, how much
0: older i'm like three years four years older than you four yeah all right well that's a lot in dog you're years. up there we have a couple of housekeeping items we said thank you to brian in our patreon episode that we just recorded we recorded an episode on the Star rock murders hbo doc for patreon so go enjoy that if you like watch it first if you haven't and then mm-hmm. go listen to that that's available for every patreon supporter a dollar a month and up and we were just talking about the goodies and we're thinking about re-tiering the goodies we're just not sure how yet or frankly how that works So we're going to figure all that out. But if there's any feedback, I guess, that people have about that, like what goodies do you want? Feel free and tell us. A, is there anything that we're providing now, goodie wise that you don't want? B, what would you like? C, do we need goodies at all? So which camp do you fall into? Let us know. We'd love your feedback. Uh, All right. Patreon stuff out of the way. Anything else going on?
1: no i'm just uh interested to hear what you got for us so Uh, this one tell me anything
0: i um thought about filing this and saving it for like the more proper time of the year Mm. for reasons that will become apparent but i got sucked in there's also some recent developments and so i thought nah we'll just do it right now okay a lot of unanswered questions but some mysteries that have been solved in this case
1: oh wow
0: that is coming up next we are going back to 1982 uh oh the year you were born
1: nope Jason
0: <laughs> does he give you a hard time for being is he, he's older right
1: yeah he was born in 82
0: <laughs> he was born in 80 so he's even yeah. older than me a
1: little bit good yep. for me good for you
0: <laughs> and uh, Valentine's Day nonetheless of 1982 oh.
1: okay before he was born then all right so So he's young too
0: we're even pre-jason with his (laughs) wife. which comes into play this is an old case uh this is a sunday we're talking about valentine's day fell on a sunday in 1982 this actually occurs on the old route 66 which is way before both of our times but the historic route 66 along this part of the country is now i-40 on valentine's day in 1982, a partially clothed body of a young woman was found by a public safety officer under a juniper tree in a very remote part of Interstate 40 near Ash Fork, Arizona. The officer stumbled on the body because he had come out to assist a motorist who I guess had a flat tire. It actually sounded like the tire flew off of this person's car. And so he responded to a, a public safety call and noticed a body right under a tree at mile marker 142 on I-40. The identity of the woman was unknown, 16 to 23 years of age. That was later narrowed down to 15 to 20 years old. 5'4", 125 pounds, shoulder-length blonde hair. She was wearing a size 9 Seasons brand jean, which was a designer jean, a maroon and white striped pullover sweater, and this was February in Arizona. Kind of cold, probably, hence the sweater. Some snow on the ground when the body was found. A size 36C bra, which had been cut, doesn't say where. Notably absent were any shoes or socks on the body. Uh, Body is fairly decomposed, but they did determine there were old scars on the top right. Of her foot so on top of her right foot as well as a two inch diagonal scar on the back of her right thigh other identifying markers on the body were noted there's no ID on the body there's nothing in her pockets things like that so they're noting moles and they're noting dental work and stuff like that initially that's all they had to go on it was estimated the body might have been at that location for a couple of weeks maybe months at that point a medical examiner was unable to determine the cause of death or really anything else um, about this person because of the time the body had been exposed to the element. So it's cold on the one hand, which helps preservation, but scavenger activity, time spent out in the wilderness, other factors, they couldn't ID and they couldn't really get any good evidence, especially in 82, off of the body. Even to the extent that because of all the above, police aren't even sure at this point that she was murdered. just have a woman young girl maybe on the side of a highway no shoes no socks so it looks suspicious but there's no cause of death belief was that she had been either strangled or suffocated 1982 obviously pre-dna but thankfully blood samples from the body were saved for at least they could get a blood type off of the victim if it is a victim
1: Well, you keep saying that, but if she was strangled or suffocated, she's But they didn't know that. Oh, okay.
0: There's no way to tell from the body, from the decomposition...
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: ...how she died or if it was a homicide, even. It was initially assumed that, A, she had been murdered just because of the circumstances, although there's no evidence for a murder, and, B, that this young woman, being her age, I guess, the assumption, that she was a runaway from somewhere so the police did what they could they sent out a teletype to other neighboring counties law enforcement at this point obviously very separated there's no computerized system there's no central system of any kind so when they have something like this they'll send out an early version of a fax um, to other police stations saying this is what we found does this make any sense to you in any way Uh, they also worked up an artist rendering of what the woman might have looked like in life hoping maybe there's a missing persons report or something that makes sense to somebody else somewhere. They printed up flyers with this rendering on it. They took it to the press. They handed the flyers out. No ID was made. Didn't seem like she was being missed by anybody because as they sent all this information out, there's no family that's clamoring for answers from their local police department. Certainly wasn't local to their jurisdiction. It made no sense. She was like a a girl from nowhere on the side Mm -hmm. of I-40.
1: And for somebody in that age range, too, you would think that somebody knows that she's missing.
0: Especially if she's on the 15 side of the, yeah. the estimate. Yeah. Yeah. Even the 20, very dependent still on
1: right. somebody, right. you would think. Dependent on somebody and or somebody's dependent on her job-wise, school-wise, something. She's missing from something or someone.
0: But nobody's missing her. Mm. So it's Jane Doe case and in need of some kind of name they began to refer to her both the police and the press as valentine sally because she was found on valentine's day so in the course of their initial investigation police interviewed an employee i think it was the owner of a nearby truck stop which i think back then was a restaurant building is no longer there and this witness remembered seeing this woman wearing the same clothes as was on the body late at night about two weeks before and the witness remembers her well because she was there for about an hour saw the young woman gave her an aspirin when she complained about a toothache and she remembered that valentine sally had been in the company of an older man wearing a cowboy hat Hmm. but also said the girl seemed fine she didn't seem scared she didn't seem in need of any help years later the witness said quote She seemed very comfortable, very comfortable with this gentleman, because I asked her, are you okay? Do you want to stay or leave with him? She said, no, I'll go with him, like he was a grandfather or an uncle or some relative.
1: So he was much older than her, the way it appeared. At
0: least 40, it it, it would sound. Hmm. Obviously, very possible, if not likely, this person just saw this woman alive for the last time. She was found two weeks after this. She was found a mile away from this. She was probably killed very soon after this. And yet nothing's out of the ordinary. Has her shoes on. Seems fine. Not scared. Not signaling to anybody as far as anyone could tell. Nothing like that. Uh, The woman, the body that was found, did have some orthodontia that would have helped to ID her. And at that time, that's the best way to identify a body in 82 when you don't have anything else like when decay or advanced decomp has set in teeth are the last thing to go so police after a couple of years gave her teeth this jane doe to a forensic odontologist who found a match using dental records the match was from a runaway from florida who had disappeared in 1980 so that's two years before this police believe this woman to be valentine sally then and for four more years until the runaway is found alive in Louisiana. Oh, shit. So for all that time, police are using the wrong victim in this case in the search for whoever did this.
1: So that's confusing then. Like dental records, I guess I'm confused on exactly what was like looked at with her.
0: That shows as far as they go, though. All right, so she's at the restaurant. The truck stop. She has a toothache. So probably recent orthodontia, I'm guessing. And from what I've read, it's a root canal.
1: Oh, gotcha. Okay.
0: But in 82, what else do you have? So my guess is this forensic odontologist went through records of missing people or right. runaways and it matched and it was probably pretty close, but it doesn't sound like the dental records were specific and are different enough where this is like a fingerprint.
1: Right. Okay. Gotcha. So that's where I was kind of lost. Like, okay, well, how'd they have the wrong person then? Cause everybody's teeth are. yeah, they're not, gotcha. they're
0: not different though. Yeah. Not but different but enough.
1: So they were just looking at records of what had happened, like what people had had done to their teeth and then compared it to people who were missing and things right. like that. Right. OK. So I thought they like took her teeth out and did different things to find a match. Like,
0: Oh, no. They took the skeleton's teeth and compared it to dental records.
1: Right. Gotcha.
0: It's not different enough. And like any other forensic science, especially back then, it's open to the interpretation of the expert. Mm-hmm. So this guy says, yeah, that looks good but the end result of that is for four years they had the wrong id on the victim and how are you going to catch a killer really if your victim is wrong the truck stop or the restaurant where this woman was last seen put together a collection of funds at this point to pay for a a grave marker because she had no family now she's a jane doe again Now she's Valentine Sally again, so she has no family. So these people felt, especially the owner of the restaurant, felt obligated to put together a fairly meager amount of money. But still, they put forth the effort to say this girl deserves a proper burial. And she was buried in the local cemetery with a headstone from the funeral home that they paid for and um, remained unidentified. And the case went cold. And really, two cases go cold because it's not just who killed this girl but who is this girl
1: right
0: Uh, over the years a series of investigators worked on it pretty consistently they would reopen it even as dna starts getting involved because they have the blood samples which is great early dna databases start showing up nationwide they submit the blood nothing and this is only victim blood so you're not looking for the killer even at this point there's no dna match over the years the 80s 90s in 2005 the case was assigned to a local cold case squad and it became one of 30 such cases in the area dating back to the 50s but what stuck out to me about this cold case team this is a great idea first of all this jurisdiction's cold case team is entirely volunteer so there's no draining of resources not nearly as much Mm -hmm. draining resources and the team members are all law enforcement but they're retired or they have law enforcement backgrounds so it's entirely volunteer and it's people who know what they're doing. So these investigators just recently, along with the rest of us, got a big 101 public crash course in familial DNA following the arrest of the Golden State Killer in California. Joe D'Angelo linked to um, these a long series of unsolved rapes and murders in California using ancestral DNA. Fair to say probably OJ is the public's baptism to DNA as to Golden State Killer is the public's eye-opening to the investigative power of familial DNA Mm matching. So this cold case team sees Joseph D'Angelo being arrested and how they did it, and they decided, hey, this might work here, especially because of the blood samples that they still had from the victim, saved all the way since 1982. So they felt like they had a very good chance of at least identifying who she was, and it worked. And the way they did it is very super cool, but only to nerds like you and me. So I'll give the short version. The short version is there was a cousin of Valentine Sally's that was found in St. Louis, and there was DNA from several other females on the same family tree, and they were all relatives to this DNA of Valentine Sally. And through, again, a long story last year in 2021 valentine sally was identified as 17 year old carolyn eaton from a suburb of st louis so 39 years after her body was found valentine sally finally had a name of carolyn eaton so 39 years later in a lot of ways it's also day one in the homicide investigation Mm -hmm. because now they finally know who the victim is right start
1: working outward from the victim
0: and they had done some of that initially like they had talked to witnesses they got the the guy with the cowboy hat and the truck stop and all that the witnesses a lot of the witnesses had died some of the detectives hadn't even been born when the body was found so this is a tough case obviously say the least the local detectives in arizona went to st louis talked to investigators up there they were able to put together at least a partial timeline for how carolyn eaton ended up in arizona in the last week of 81 after christmas some of carolyn eaton's family came home from a trip or something they came home and they found the 17 year old was at the house with two unfamiliar men two men they didn't know and there was a fight as a result of that and she basically said i'm gone and she walked out the front door and she was never seen again
1: at 17 yeah Mm -mm. So she
0: was essentially a runaway, it sounds like. Her family eventually kind of came to terms with it. Like, they knew she was gone, and they knew she was, probably at some point, they knew she was gone for good.
1: So they didn't report her missing. They They did not report her missing.
0: And actually, I want to talk about that, because that's going to seem really strange to a lot of people.
1: But is it, because it's the early 80s, she's 17, depending on when her birthday is, maybe there was other behavioral issues and they were like well she's almost an adult let her figure it out on her own
0: it's that and i've also come across not many but a handful of cases where the family dynamic is such where the parents are like that's their choice all right yeah so they're not endangered missing necessarily in the minds of the Mm -hmm. family that is what this person wanted to do which is a really tough concept for us to get because we're in a generation of raising helicopter children right now where if my kid if I don't know where he is for six hours or she is for six hours I'm going to call the cops basically but she's 17 it's 1982 and she had a reason to leave at least in her mind at least in that moment and she walked out the front door there are also five other girls in the house she was one of six sisters Mm. the family did not report her missing and I'm not going to sit here and blame them for that either
1: yeah, I mean, everybody's different. And like you said, it's a whole different generation now. But even when my parents were younger, both of them left home at one, left home at 16, one left home right. at 17. So, like, exactly. it was normal.
0: Much more so than now. Yeah. So her family assumed that she was gone, never coming back. They didn't know if she was dead or not. They certainly didn't know that she had died six weeks after this fight happened. Um, Throughout the years, of course, they wondered, is she still alive? Where is she? Maybe we'll hear from her someday. But um, there's no way in, in the early 80s, especially, to link these two locations to these two same people. Aside from the witness at the truck stop, there are actually a couple of witnesses there. There have been a few possible sightings of Carolyn from before she died that only came to light after the fact, as they always do. But this one is still pretty interesting to me. This is from a Medium article written by Kim Pascolini. A student at North Arizona University came forward and told investigators he believed he had given Valentine Sally a ride. She'd been hitchhiking near Cordes Junction about two hours south. He picked her up. They spent the next two hours talking, driving. The woman claimed to be from Phoenix where she said she was working as a dishwasher and where she said she lived with friends. Due to family issues She was on her way to New Jersey and planning on traveling to the Little America truck stop in Flagstaff to hitch a ride with a truck driver to the East Coast. So that's a witness sighting of possibly this woman that happens uh, before she disappeared, but only comes forward after. Mm -hmm. Really only one theory that I want to present after that, but aside from that, that's the case. So... We now know who she is, and where she's from, and why she left, apparently, but we have no idea who the guy in the cowboy hat is, who is presumably the guy who did this, but not even sure of that, and her case is still open today. I uh, want to mention sources leaned very heavy on Larry Hendricks from the Arizona Daily Star. The Medium article I just mentioned, Kim Pascalini cbs news 5 reporter brianna whitney additional postings online including gianna de any information about this case the local county sheriff's cold case squad that we talked about i'll post the number in the show notes that's valentine sally
1: it's really sad though extremely sad yeah because it's like whatever was going on in that home that made her feel like she needed to leave and the family's like all right whatever you do your own thing and Just didn't even think probably that anything bad would happen. They were probably just like, she'll cool off. She'll come back in a year or so. If that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then if a couple of weeks have gone by, what do you do? You can report her missing at that point, which I guess procedurally we know now is the thing to do. But there's no reason to believe that reporting her missing there is going to help wherever she is if something does happen to her. We're not an interconnected society yet like we are now in 82. As you said the dynamic is just different and it's family to family too not as much anymore i think in this day and age even if you had that inclination you might be more likely to come forward and report them missing because the cops are going to think you had something to do with it more than anything else right but that i've only seen it a couple of times where somebody's obviously missing it's always this might be the latest case 60s and 70s more likely And it's always of people in this age group, like 17 to 24, where when they leave, they're not reported missing. And when they're not, it's because this is this person's decision. And I've come to kind of wrap my mind around, it's a show of faith almost in that person as an individual. Like, all right, if that's how it's going to be, we think you're ready. Go for it. And that's your business. I want to ask you about the witness sighting. What'd you make of that? Which one? Oh yeah, the uh, the one from the uh, the college kid who was driving picked her up two hours away, and she said she was from Phoenix. And is that
1: really where she was from, though?
0: No, she was from St. Louis.
1: Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. And she
0: also said she was going the other direction. She said she was going to New Jersey from Phoenix, which is obviously east, and she had gone west in reality from St. Louis to Arizona. The rest of the story kind of checks out.
1: Yeah, and maybe she didn't want to tell him exactly where she was from or where she was going because maybe she was just on guard and wanted to protect herself, didn't want... I don't know, maybe she was fearful that something would happen to her, so she didn't want to give him too much information.
0: And it really doesn't help with the case at all now that we know who she is. Right. Um, It was a big piece of information for all those years when we didn't know who she was, looking Mm -hmm. back now, I realized. But um, all the information was wrong. Like... In terms of data points so who is missing from Phoenix well nobody if it's this woman because she's actually missing from St. Louis and she hasn't been reported missing right more the way it rings true to me is in like an eerie scary way because I kind of think it might have been her and he would have been the last person to take her to this truck stop where over an hour or so before she meets up with this guy who's gonna give her a ride the rest of the way and then she dies shortly after and the other thing about i-40 is it goes from there this is the old route 66 so that goes um from there it's probably four hours to la so i wonder if she wasn't going from st louis to la eventually because she was found off of the westbound lane
1: too but didn't her family say that she was she was there at the family home with two men yes So wouldn't that description match more with the people at the truck stop with her?
0: That one of the guys went with her? Yeah, um, maybe. But there's only one.
1: Oh, I thought you said that the lady saw two and one looked like it could be her dad or her uncle. No,
0: just one guy in a cowboy hat.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: So I I briefly thought about that, too, and I kind of think that those poor teenagers, those boys, were Mm -hmm. left behind, you know, after they got yelled at by somebody.
1: Probably, yeah. And maybe maybe she was just hitching her way all the way to California or something, and just anybody who would take her, she was That's kind of my
0: theory just because of the road she was on. Yeah. Without a plan, as was not uncommon. I mean, it's the end of the hitchhiking era, sort of, by 82, but not uncommon at all to hitch your way to California, and that's where you're going to be now. The uh, Mm. prevailing theory in this case is a serial killer. Or potential serial killer. When I say prevailing, I just mean it's better than anything else. It could be anyone else. It could be any... As you and I have talked about, truck drivers uh, endlessly. This was the golden age of serial killing in America, and a lot of it had to do with the interstate highway system, among other things. But one theory is that the man Carolyn was last seen with two weeks before her body was found was a man named Royal Russell Long. And he is someone I covered on Dead and Gone in Wyoming a few years ago. I've never heard of him in connection with this case before now. Royal Russell Long was eventually charged with kidnapping and murdering two girls who now remain missing in Wyoming. Carolyn is a victim of his. He would be a technically a serial killer. Investigators also know he spent time in Oklahoma. So he's in Wyoming. Is uh, Oklahoma. I think he's in Texas at some point too at some point he pleaded guilty to kidnapping a different missing girl who disappeared in 87 he died in 93 of a heart attack there was a witness sketch that was done of the guy at the truck stop in the cowboy hat i don't know how far you can take that because it's two weeks before at least the body is found by the time the sketch is actually going to be drawn from the time the witness saw the guy so it's a guy in a cowboy hat but if you put a picture of Royal Russell Long, who was never seen without a cowboy hat, next to this sketch in the cowboy hat, it's very similar.
1: Okay. <laughs> that is creepy. Isn't it? Yeah. All he needs is the glasses in the sketch.
0: Like it's a, tiny a cowboy of hat. Here. So how specific can that be? But at the mm-hmm. same time, when you look at it, it's a fancy cowboy hat and the sketch is a fancy cowboy hat. Yeah. Distinctive.
1: Yeah. Same definitely. face shape.
0: You might see some facial hair in there. I'm not sure when the photo of Long is taken on the left, either. I like that theory, especially as these serial killer theories go. But there's nothing. There's no link. Same part of the country, same approximate time. This would be 82 before he gets going with his known abductions in Wyoming and Oklahoma in the late 80s. There's just no evidence for it. Honestly, the sketch is the best circumstantial thing and the fact that there's a guy out there in the same part of the country who's doing these things. Right. <laughs> Having said that, I mean
1: I mean many? I can definitely fall in line with a truck driver killer person. Yeah.
0: And um, how many are wearing a cowboy hat in that part of the country? A lot of oh, people. Oh yeah
1: hundred percent, yeah. So I think Even if it a, wasn't a serial killer, it could have just been a one-off, hey, she needs a ride, oh, sexual advance, oh, you don't want to? Okay, I'll kill you instead.
0: Because of the body state when they finally found it, and who knows if that highway worker hadn't found it, how long this would have taken. Right. They would have found bones eventually. We don't know about sexual assault. We don't even know about cause of death. So there's nothing you can profile that way. I honestly don't know how they're going to solve this.
1: Yeah, I mean, luckily they did have the familial DNA to, yes, you know, to identify her. Was. That's good, but I really don't see a possibility with solving it either at this point.
0: Unless they still have her clothes.
1: To yeah. see if there's, like, DNA on it. Right. Yeah.
0: That, that'd be the only thing, because there's no other biological evidence with the decomposition, I, I don't think. So it's either that like the clothes she had or something else that she had with her that they still somehow have or somebody's granddaughter, grandson, niece, nephew says something. Right. Which is definitely possible, but that's... This one's a long shot. So I wanted to bring it forward not because, oh, I'm sure, hopeful this is going to be the next one that is solved, but when the website goes up that we make, there are a bunch of photos like the one I sent you and also her now Mm -hmm. and a couple of the sketches and things like that, that I want to put up and put out there. And I think that's the most that can be done at this point.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, the only Mm -hmm. other little thing I noticed kind of halfway through what I was doing on this one is the shoes. Like there are a couple of weird things about this case, distinctive things, not weird, but what is distinctive about the scene aside from the rarity of a body being on the side of the road, which is rare, but her bra is cut first of all and they're not really specific about how so i don't know what's up with that and then her shoes and socks being gone and not anywhere nearby
1: depending on how long she had been there i'm sure animals got to her so when they say cut do they mean actually cut or do they mean ripped torn like i'm sure animals probably unfortunately picked at her body and could have torn articles of clothing
0: and they did they noted that but they also noted that it was cut Mm, okay that's as specific as they got they don't say center or strap or whatever
1: yeah that's
0: and the shoes and socks is really
1: that's really bothering you yeah yeah she has
0: all the rest of her clothes on and i'm not sure where the clothes were in relation to on her person when they found her like is there overt Apparent evidence of sexual assault or something tried or something like that. They don't say.
1: Yeah, maybe she was trying to run away. Like, maybe she was trying to sleep wherever she was and something started happening. So her shoes and socks were already off and she took off running and something transpired. Especially if it's a truck driver because they have the sleeping cabins.
0: Right. Where he starts something and Mm -hmm. she takes off. Yep. Um, Third would be that more nefariously... They're removed on purpose
1: as a trophy, or because well, something got on them. Well, maybe as a trophy,
0: but you can't get away.
1: Yeah,
0: it's definitely important. I'm convinced it's important, although it's not inclusionary. You're not gonna. It's not gonna help solve the crime, but it's at least predatory, if not premeditated. Shh! This was not spontaneous because at any moment in your life you have shoes and socks on when you're outside or in a car, usually or mm-hmm. in a vehicle. So she was in some kind of vulnerable position. When she was attacked or she was made to be in a vulnerable, more vulnerable position by taking them away. But her socks are off, too. Weird. Do
1: we know what kind of shoes she was wearing, though? What if she was wearing? No, because they and, never found them. OK. Yeah. So then she could have just had sandals on without socks anyway. So then you're just missing the sandals, which is still. Theoretically, but nefarious. it's February
0: in Arizona and there's snow on the ground so maybe okay true. when she ran away from home she didn't bring her whole wardrobe either
1: yeah it's really sad as always every every single week but i am glad that the family at least knows where she is what happened to well not necessarily what happened to her completely but they have an idea of i don't know because i guess i guess in in my mind if I was her family member and I knew that something transpired and she took off, I would always hold out thinking, oh, she'll come back one day or, you know, things will get resolved or we'll talk again. But now they at least know that that's not going to be a possibility.
0: They said they wondered if she was dead, but you don't want to think that. No, you don't. You wonder that in absence of hearing from her forever.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But what strikes me about these cases from the 70s and 80s where the girls take off or they find their car breaks down or something, they're in a vulnerable position, is how quickly they go missing. They never live for six months and then get killed. They get killed right away. Six weeks after she ran away. And I feel like
1: they're vulnerable already. Right. And people prey on that.
0: And they didn't know they were prey. Right. They had no idea the risks. It's not in the culture. It's not in the media at that point. Or it's just starting to be, I guess, by 82. There are seasoned pros at this stuff driving trucks across the country at that time and that's not to malign truck drivers we love truck drivers but the fbi itself has said that if there were an ideal profession for a serial killer in the 80s and 90s it was driving a truck
1: yeah because you're constantly on the move nobody can really track you You there's no
0: technology like there is now there's i mean you you can pick up uh, somebody in one state kill them in a different one and drop them three states states over,
1: Exactly, as people
0: have done. Whatever witness sightings you do get are going to be way less valuable because the person doesn't live in the community and the suspect doesn't live in the community. The victim almost never does and the suspect never does.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's, it's an impossible case to solve. Only with the advancement of technology and policing practices did they start to a figure this out and then start to prosecute them and then the killing subsided significantly like down to almost nothing which also is something we've talked about before puts a lie to this myth that serial killers can't stop they can and a lot of them did and a lot of them were truck drivers and a lot of them were never caught Mm mm-hmm thoughts theories about this one status pending podcast gmail.com as always patreon supporters we've got all this stuff that we're talking about coming so we're looking forward to bringing you that but um we thank you for your support and we'll be back with you next friday with another case